this week from GNC Week in Review, powered by Geek News Central. Burger King rolls out the Impossible Burger. Eric Schmidt is walking out, plus a lot of Google and Apple news. Those are some of the tech news stories this week. And it's Friday, May 3rd, 2019. My name is Kirk Corliss, and this is episode 22 of the GNC Week in Review podcast, part of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Thank you so much for tuning in for this week's episode. And if you are a new listener, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast, where you can find on the right-hand side column at gncweekly.com, be it Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, your favorite podcast app for Android, or on TuneIn, Spotify, and Stitcher. Get connected with GNCWIR, be it social media or email at gncweekly.com forward slash connect. I'm so sorry I didn't have an episode for last week. I was not feeling well. I was sick with a cold battling all last weekend and I'm feeling a lot better. So you came into the right episode this week with a lot of tech news. Um, and it's going to be a huge uh, tech news uh, episode. So we're going to jump in with the tech news of the week and from geeknewscentral.com. And leading off the tech news this week, it's in the huge Google News block where Alphabet, excuse me, Alphabet held its Q1 2019 earnings call on April 29th. Alphabet's quarterly revenue hit uh, $36.6 billion, however, it's lower than Wall Street estimate of $37.7 billion. It's also an increase of 17% compared to this time last year, making it the slowest increase in the last three years. For comparison's sake, Q1 2018 saw an increase of 26%. Of this year's revenue, 84.5% came from advertising, where it has accounted for 85.5% last year. Google saw increased expenses for Q1 2019, with them going with that going up 16.5% to 29.7 29.7 billion dollars. Growing expenses has been a trend of trend of Alphabet for the last two years. Speaking of expenses, part of that $29.7 billion number includes a $1.7 billion fine, which Google had to pay the European Commission for infringing on competition laws with AdSense and Google Search. Taking a look at Google within Alphabet, 70% of of entry-level Android phones are running Android Go. First-time buyers on the Google Play Store grew 50%. Google Home and Google Home Mini Demand is strong. Google is also happy with current smartphone sales. Shalini Govi Pai recently stated in an interview that Android TV now has a total of 5,000 apps and games up from 3,000 this time last year. Google's aspirations for Android TV does not end with video. Once more support for video apps has been added, Google will next look to expand into more fitness and education apps as well as games for the platform. There is even a redesign for the Play Store in the works with video previews of apps in order to make the experience more cinematic. For now, the majority of Android TV users are those with TVs and cable boxes running Android TV. Google is also toying with the, no- with the notion of allowing users to subscribe directly to channels such as HBO, Showtime, or CS- CBS Now, similar to how Roku and Amazon currently do things instead of using apps. Eric Schmidt will depart Alphabet's board this June after holding a seat for 18 years. 
His departure comes over just a year after Schmidt stepped down from his role as Alphabet executive, executive Chairman. Schmidt has been has been a key presence at Google during his time with the company. He initially he initially took a board seat in 2001 when he was made CEO of Google, a role he was given essentially to lend business expertise to what company's founders Larry Larry Page and Sergey Brin had been building. In 2011, he left the CEO position and became Google's executive. Executive Chairman. At the beginning of 2018, he stepped down from that role and became a regular board member. In a press release, Alphabet announced that Schmidt would not seek re-election to the board when his term is up on June 19th. Alphabet says he'll remain a, quote, technical advisor to the company, a role he's had since last year. Schmidt said that he will be stepping down in order to help, quote, the next generation of talent to serve. He said he'll be teaching more work, he'll be teaching more, working at his philanthropic organization, if I get the word out, Schmidt Futures, and using his role as technical advisor, technical advisor to quote coach Alphabet and Google Business Tech. Last August, the Associated Press reported that various app that various Google apps store the timestamp locations of devices once they are installed. Some of this collection regard some of this collection occurs regardless of which privacy settings are enabled. Excuse me. Google Location Services, Find My Device, Search, and Maps continuously record telemetry data, but other entries can be viewed and manually deleted on, on Android, iOS, and the web, and Google says it's committed to streamlining the auditing process with new tools. In the coming weeks, Google plans to roll out a setting that will let users delete location data automatically. From within the Google account dashboard on mobile and the web, a drop-down option will allow them to select one of two windows, three months or 18 months, specifying how long they like to retain data. The control will also cover web web and app activity app activity. For example, things search and browse in Google services like Discover on Android, Maps, Search, Google Play. And Google says that any older that any older data will be deleted on an ongoing, ongoing basis. And finally, to wrap up the Google news this week, Google has reviewed more than 1 million sus- suspected terrorist videos on YouTube in the last in the first three months of 2019. According to a letter that the according to a letter Google sent to U.S. lawmakers, in the April 24th letter made public Thursday as part of a press release from the House Committee on Homeland Security, Google said 90,000 of those violated 90,000 of those videos violated its ter- its terrorism policy. Google, which owns YouTube, said it spends, quote, hundreds of millions of dollars annually on content review. The House Committee urged Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Microsoft to do a better job of removing violent content following posts about the deadly New Zealand mosque shooting in March. In April, Representative Max Rose and other Democrats asked for the website's budgets to see how the platforms were fighting terrorism. Rose said, uh, along with committee uh, committee Chairman Benny Thompson said in the press release, "Quote: The fact that some Thursday press release, excuse me, the fact that some of the largest corporations in the world are unable to tell us what they are specifically doing to stop terrorist and extremist content is not acceptable." 
It also included a link to the also includes a link to the Google letter as well as a link to a letter from Twitter. In its letter, Twitter said putting a dollar amount on efforts to combat terrorism is a quote complex request. Instead, the company detailed its efforts to suspend accounts in violations of its policies. Twitter's uh, director of public uh, public policy and therapy. Carlos Manji Jr. said in the company's letter, quote, We have now suspended more than 1.4 million accounts for violations related to the promotion of terrorism between August 15, 2015 and June 30, 2018. During the most recent reporting period of, of January 1, 2018 through June 30, 2018, we suspended a total of 205,156 uh, 156 accounts. The release from the House, Co- House Committee on Homeland Security documented responses from Twitter and Google's YouTube, but said no company answered requests from Congress's, quote, properly or fully. Microsoft's response wasn't listed. The release said Facebook hadn't responded yet. The social media uh, Facebook did, however, bar far-right figures like Alex Jones and Melios Yiannopoulos on Thursday. The companies didn't immediately, didn't immediately, didn't immediately respond to requests for comment. On Tuesday, Facebook announced a sweeping design of its social network, ditching its iconic blue menu bar and replacing it with a cleaner white design and placing greater than emphasis on groups. The new look, the new look, excuse me, was formally unveiled at F8, F, uh, Facebook's annual developer conference in San Jose, California. It gives Facebook an appearance that more closely resembles Messenger. The clean lines and ample white space of Facebook's new look also aligns with the look on Instagram. There are also significant structural changes that place greater emphasis on user-created groups. Users can post to groups directly from the homepage. Groups are given greater prominence on the the left-hand side sidebar on the desktop. And new tools are being added to specialized types of groups. The redesigned mobile app will launch right away. Um, co- uh, launch right away. Uh, a Facebook Facebook a Facebook spokesperson said in an email announcement, which while it'll roll out more slowly on desktop, quote, in the next few months. On desktop, all users have a will have a groups tab added to the top of their Facebook homepage. On the mobile app, where there's less space, these ta- these tabs change based on which Facebook features users features users the most, and the tab itself has undergone has undergone a redesign, showing the various groups a user is part of and posts from within them. Groups themselves also are getting some changes to account for increasingly specialized uses. Members of health support groups, for example, can ask group admins to, quote, post on their behalf in order to protect their privacy around sensitive topics. In an apparent attempt to stop people from disclosing sensitive medical data openly on Facebook, templates are being created for employers to post job advertisements in group job groups. Facebook is also adding a suite of other new features across the the core Facebook app. It is inducing... It is introducing a new feature called, quote, Meet New Friends, which acts as a kind of a platonic matchmaking service, letting users message strangers from groups or companies they're part of. And Facebook Dating, its Tinder rival, is adding a, quote, secret crush feature. 
that lets a user know if they and existing friend harbor hidden feelings for each other without exposing them if it's unrequired. The dating tool is, la- is launching in 14 new countries, though it's still not in the U.S. Facebook is also rolling out new, t- new rolling out new tools to help users buy and sell. And they start over. <laughs> I think this cold has got my tongue tied again. Facebook is also rolling out new is rolling out new tools to help users buy and sell things through. Uh, sell things through. Marketplace, the app's user-to-user shopping hub. Users will be able to make payments directly on uh, directly on Marketplace and handle shipping directly through the social network. Also in Facebook news and from Geek News Central comes several websites have reported that Facebook has banned a group of people have broken the company's community standards. This was talked about earlier, briefly um, in the the other. Uh, uh, other story. More specifically, those recently banned have broken the, quote, dangerous individuals and organizations uh, portion of Facebook's and Instagram's community standards. The dangerous individuals and organization policy states, quote, in an effort to prevent and disrupt real world harm, we do not allow any organizations or individuals that proclaim a violent mission or are engaged in violence from having a presence on Facebook. This includes organizations or individuals involved in the following terrorist activity, organized hate, mass or serial murder, human trafficking, organized violence or criminal activity. The policy also says we also says, quote, we also remove content that expresses support or praise for groups, leaders or individuals involved in these activities. BuzzFeed News got a statement from a Facebook from a Facebook Facebook spokesperson who said, quote, we've always banned individuals or organizations that promote or engage in violence and hate regardless of ideology. The process for evaluating potential violators is extensive and is what, let, is what has led us to our decision to remove these accounts today. BuzzFeed News reported that the ban will affect both Facebook and Instagram. Here's a list of those who have been banned. Milo Yanopoulos. Uh, Alex Jones and his InfoWars site, Laura Loomer, Louis Farrakhan, Paul Joseph Watson, and P- and Paul Nealon. Some of the people were who were banned from Facebook and Instagram have been previously banned from other platforms. Burger King is rolling out the Impossible Burger Hospital. Wa- excuse me. Burger King is rolling out the Impossible Whopper nationwide after a successful trial run testing the meatless burger in St. Louis. The chain announced in a statement today that it plans to test in more markets before distributing distributing the burger nationally by the end of this year. The Impossible Whopper is made with startup Impossible Foods plant-based patties, which are designed to, t- to look and taste like meat. The patties are also designed to, quote, bleed, just like the real thing, which can be attributed to the use of hem, a soy-based compound found in plants and meats. The burgers have 15% less fast. 15% less fat and 90% less cholesterol than regular Whoppers and Burger King taste test experiments claim the customers and employees can't tell the difference. Uber and Lyft have stopped reporting, have stopped accepting new drivers on their respective platforms in New York City, Politico has reported. The move comes after the city passed new rules that are designed to curb the explosive growth of ride, of ride hail companies. 
excuse me, on its website, Uber attributes a new policy to its, quote, new taxi and limousine commission regulations. This is a reference to to legislation uh, passed by the New York City Council in December 2018, which requires wild hail companies to pay drivers at least $17.22 an hour after expenses. The pay formula the pay formula uses a so-called utilization rate, which accounts for the sh- which accounts for the share of time a driver spends with passengers in their vehicles, compared to time spent idle and waiting for a fare. The rules penalize companies for running too many cars without passengers on city streets. The higher a company's utilization rate, the less it has to pay drivers to meet the new wage the new wage floor requirement. The rules were intended to increase pay for drivers while also addressing what many saw as an over an oversaturated market in New York City. Uber stopped onboarding new drivers in New York City on April first, filed soon after by Lyft. In January, Lyft uh, sued the city to block the new wage rules, arguing that they would create an uneven playing field and it will ultimately mean their own drivers would pay less. Three weeks later, Uber sued the city over the cap on new hail on new ride hail drivers. A a Uber spokesperson says, quote, as drivers exit the industry and demand from riders increase, we will once again seek to add new drivers. Lyft said, quote, because of TLC regulations, we are currently not accepting new drivers in New York City. We do have a wait list and we'll let drivers know when they can apply to drive. If you live in Denver, Colorado, there is some good news coming your way with Uber. They have announced that it will sell that we'll begin selling train and bus tickets through its app for its customers in Denver. Following a staggered rollout, residents of Denver will be able to use Uber's app to purchase tickets for the Regional Transportation District, or RTD, which operates the city's buses and trains. Purchasing tickets the, purchasing tickets via Uber will cost the same amount as through existing options. Uber's app will let users purchase uh, let Uber's app will let users purchase and redeem a range of tickets, including three-hour day and monthly passes. Users activate tickets, which are stored in the, quote, transit ticket section of the app when boarding a bus or train. Once purchased, tickets are available are, uh, Tickets are available even when your phone is offline. Uber's new transit feature is powered by Masabi, a London-based tech, uh, London-based tech company that builds mobile ticketing software for public transportation. I always say there's a plethora of podcasts from one end of the spectrum to the other. Now, Bill and Chelsea Clinton has a podcast. It has been revealed they're starting a show called Why Am, Why Am I Telling You This? It includes, it'll include conversations with the Clintons, foundation staff, and guests. They'll share their, um, quote, share their unique experiences and unique experiences and stories to help explain the factors shaping our interconnected world and why we should be optimistic about its future. The podcast will explore some of the issues the foundation is involved with, including hurricane recovery efforts, climate change, the opioid crisis, and childhood literacy. It will also include conversations about, quote, global leadership. Um, Excuse me, according to the foundation, um, it will also include conversations about, quote, global, global leadership, Reflections on the Clinton, uh, Clinton administration and President Clinton's wide range of interest and well-known intellectual curiosity. 
former Secretary of State and presidential candidate Hillary Clinton won't be official, won't be officially part of the series, but she may make appearances. Uh, the um, the spokesperson, um, excuse me, Craig Minnison, chief communication and marketing officer at the Clinton Foundation, said in a statement, quote, launching a podcast is a natural extension of President Clinton's mastery of using storytelling to explain complex issues and his, and his belief that once you know someone's story, you better understand them as a person and your differences become less important. President Clinton and Chelsea Clinton have always has have always sought new ways to create a deeper understanding of how to make an impact, which is cr- particularly crucial and challenging in the current media environment. There are not there's no episodes uh, yet for the ad free podcast. It's only a two minute preview clip. Why am I telling you this? Which the um, Clinton the Clinton Foundation is producing with. At Will Medium will officially debut this summer, so check it out this summer. In the Apple News block, and a lead off its block is from geeknewscentral.com, the New York Times reported that Apple has removed or restricted at least 11 of the 17 most downloaded screen time and parental controlled apps and also clamped down on a number of lesser-known apps that had the same functions. The analysis was done by the New York Times and an app data firm called Sensor Tower. According to the New York Times... Apple started removing or restricting apps that allow people to limit their own or their children's screen time shortly after Apple made its own screen time app. In addition, in order to use Apple's screen time app to limit children's screen time, the entire family must have iPhones. Obviously, this will be very beneficial to Apple. The New York Times reported a statement from Apple, quote, uh, Apple's spokesperson, Tammy Levine, says, quote, We treat all apps the same, including those that compete with our own services. Our incentive is to have a vibrant app ecosystem that provides consumers access to as many quality apps as possible. She said Apple removed or she said Apple or removed Apple removed or required changes to the apps because they gained too much information from users' devices. She added that the timing of Apple's moves was not related in its debut of similar tools. In now to wrap up the Apple News block, Apple shared its financial second quarter results with shareholders. The company made $58 billion in revenue this quarter, which is on the highest end of its expected revenue spectrum, $55 to $59 billion, $55 to $59 billion but down 5% year over year. iPhone sales made up $31 billion in that total amount, down from $37.5 billion during the same quarter in 2018. Apple stock jumped over 4% after earnings report was released, pushing the company close to a $1 trillion valuation. Woo-woo. Apple's other product segments did well this quarter. Apple, uh, excuse me, iPad sales revenue saw an increase from four from four billion dollars in Q2 2018 to four point eight billion dollars in Q2 2019. Apple's wearables, home, and accessories category also saw revenue gains up from three point nine billion dollars in Q2 2018 to five point one billion dollars this quarter. Mac sales revenue also Mac Mac sales revenue saw a slight decline year over year. Uh, they saw the decline to the to quote processor constraints. 
Um, CEO Tim Cook also said that these constraints should not have been a long-term effect on Mac sales, but, but as anticipated, Apple services business Apple's services business had hit an all-time high of $11.5 billion in revenue this quarter, up from $9.8 billion during the same period last year, and up from Q1 2019's total revenue of $10.9 billion. After, a year, after years of dealing of detailing iPhone sales growth, after years of detailing iPhone sales growth, Cook described this quarter's iPhone sales revenue decline as being quote significantly smaller than last quarter. He also noted that the most challenging months in recent memory for iPhone sales was was November 2018 and December 2018. And Nicole's goal is to quote pick up the pace to accelerate iPhone sales in the future. At the end of last year. Apple explained that it would not report iPhone unit sales per quarter, a decision that frustrated some but makes sense for Apple's bottom line. Instead, the company disclosed on its Q1 2019 earnings call that its global install base included includes 900 million iPhones, and its earnings report shows the company's install base is comprised of 1.4 billion devices. Rather than focusing on how many new iPhones it has sold, Apple wants to now focus on how many iPhones are out in the world to show how vast its services business can be. Apple is hoping its slew of new services will appeal to many iPhone users. At an event in March 29th, the company announced Apple News Plus, a news and magazine subscription program, Apple Arcade, a gaming subscription service, and Apple TV Plus, a TV streaming a TV streaming subscription program. The former of the three is already available for $10 a month, but the latter two will debut in the fall. The Federal Communications Commission has announced that it will expand broadband internet services in more than 106,000 rural homes and businesses across the 43 states. Nine states Excuse me, nine states, Arkansas, Arizona, Montana, North Dakota, Nebraska, New Mexico, South Dakota, Utah, and Wyoming will see the numbers locate will see the number of locations with high speed internet available through the Connect America program double as part of the FCC's latest expansion effort. The most recent round of rural broadband development comes just at months after the FCC announced it will allocate an additional $67 million per year to rural broadband initiatives. Much of that funding is delivered through the Connect America Fund, which offers cash to which offers cash to encourage internet providers to ditch outdated legacy systems in favor of high-speed offerings. According to the commission, a total of 186 companies are participating in the program and accepted funds. As part of the agreement, those companies will have to deploy broadband internet defined as 25 megabits download speed and 3 megabit upload speeds to 40% of those locations by served by 2022. They will then have to expand offering by 10% each year until a build-out is complete by the end of 2028. Speaking of the FCC, late last year, Republican FCC Commissioner Brendan Carr did get a, got an earful from a remote Alaskan residents who were concerned with how poor their access to the internet was, and they weren't wrong. Alaska has, on average, some of the slowest internet connections in the country, primarily due to its distance from the rest of the continent of the United States. 
but remote Alaskans may see faster speeds soon. MTA Fiber Holdings announced that it will build the, quote, first and only all-terrestrial fiber optic network running from Alaska to, and into the lower 48. The line will begin in the will begin in North Pole, Alaska, and will travel through Canada, connecting with Canadian carriers. We'll, we'll finally connect with, quote, any major hub in the U.S., a vast majority of Alaska's current connections to the global internet either run through either run through a handful of submarine cables, satellites, or wireless connections. MTA CEO Michael Burke said in a statement, quote, this is a major step for Alaska that will ensure future capacity requirements for MTA members and can support the continuing growth of broadband across the state of across the, the state of Alaska. According to the press release, only internet traffic that both originates and terminates in the U.S. will be carried over the network. This new fiber optic, this new fiber optic network will have the initial capacity to deliver 100 terabits per second. Wow. In a press release, MTA said this delivery rate will be able to increase in the future. Burke said that the construction has already begun and the network is expected to be completed sometime next year. Burke says, continuing, quote, um, Alaska's leaders have talked about a terrestrial fiber optic pack path out of the state for more than 20 years. We are pleased to be the ones to make it this, to make, we are pleased to be the ones to be able to make this a reality. This would be a major win for the people who live, play, and work in Alaska, supporting business, job growth, and ultimately the state's economy. In the tech tip block, tech tips block this week, um, over on how these up in the in the show notes. Um, over on, first on computerworld.com, uh, there is a uh, eight handy features for Google Calendar on Android. Um, there's uh, vent sensitive silencing of your phone. There is uh, quick responses for group events, um, duplicate an existing event, um, more useful notification, more useful notification time. So I will link up in the show notes on the guide that you can check out. Mother's Day is upcoming and over on theverge.com. I will link up in the show notes from for Mother's Day's gift IDs, gift ideas, excuse me. Um, they range from different things from wallets to um, to watches, a tea kettle. Um, not really, uh, not really uh, fond of some of the choices, but this is um, Verge's guide, so um, you can check it out and peruse at your leisure. Um, and also, finally, wrapping up the block um, over also on theverge.com, um, there is uh, graduation day is coming for most folks in high school and college. And there is a link up in the show notes from thebirds.com on the some get graduation gift ideas. The price ranges anywhere from uh, less than twenty dollars to over um, three hundred dollars, and they have books and um, microphone, road microphone, Google Home Hub, backpacks, Kindles, Nintendo Switch. Um, so there's a lot here, and I'll have a link up in the show notes that you can check out on all that. Um, the link in the show notes for that you can check out. In the video streaming news block this week, the production company from President and, Ms. Obama and Mrs. Obama, Higher Ground, has unveiled its first lineup of Netflix shows, roughly Netflix shows, roughly a year after forging a deal with a streaming giant. The initial seven-show catalog will, quote, take 
will take, excuse me, quote, several years to arrive. The initial centerpiece, American factory, touches on tensions when a Chinese billionaire opens a factory in what's left of an abandoned GMC, GM plant. Bloom highlights the challenges for women and people of color in New York's post-World II fashion industry. A movie, adap- a movie adaptation of David Blight's bi- biography of social reformer Frederick Douglass is also in the works. The nonfiction series from the big short author Michael Lewis, Fifth Risk, covers the work of, quote, everyday, he- everyday heroes in government and the military, while Crimp Cramp shows how a summer camp for disabled teens helped start the disability rights movement. YouTube has just made another push with its sports broadcasting agenda, announcing a deal with Major League Baseball that will give exclusive rights to 13 games during the 2019 season. The games will be live streamed for viewers for viewers in the United States, Canada, and Puerto Rico for free on MLB's official YouTube channel and on a forthcoming dedicated channel on YouTube TV. Charter, Charter cable internet customers who don't subscribe to Charter's TV service are using an average of more than 400 gigabytes of data a month, the company said on Tuesday. Uh, Charter CEO Tom Rutledge, call, Tom Rutledge told investors in a earning call yesterday the Quote, the demand for both speed and throughput on our, networks, on our network continues to increase. Monthly data usage by our residential internet customers is rising rapidly, and monthly medium data usage is over 200 gigabytes per customer. When you look at average... When you look at average monthly usage for customers that don't subscribe to our traditional video product, usage climbs to over 400 gigabytes per month, which comp- which compares to an average mobile usage of well under 10 gigabytes a month. The average data usage for broadband customers may be significantly higher than the average for all customers. Recent Open Vault, Open Vault research on the U.S. cable industry found that Internet customers are using an average of 268.7 gigabytes per month and a medium of 145.2 gigabytes. OpenVault, which sells equipment that helps cable companies track data usage, also found also found that 4.1% of households use at least 1.1 terabyte a month, up from 2.1% from the previous year. Rutledge also said on Monday that more than 80% of charter customers subscribe to speeds of at least 100 megabits, and 30% prescribed to plans providing at least 200 megabits. Charter, the second charter, the second biggest U.S. cable company after Comcast, offers gigabit service throughout the throughout its 41 state territory. Hulu has topped 28 million total subscribers in the United States, continuing with its breakneck pace of growth as it competes for a larger share of the crowded streaming market. The streaming service grew its base by 40%, or around 8 million members over the last year. During that time, Hulu has sought to attract more subscribers by aggressively cutting the price of its its based ad-supported plan to $6 per month and striking a deal to bundle its video service for free with Spotify's premium music subscription. Uh, Not including the 1.3 million Excuse me, not including the 1.3 million people who are signed up for Hulu through promotions like free trials. The service has 28, 26.8 million paid members, up from 23 million at the end of 2018. 
Hulu CEO Randy Freer said in a statement uh, ahead of the company's Wednesday morning upfront pinch to advertisers, quote, in today's directors. In today's direct-to-consumer world, viewers are demanding better when it comes to TV from the user experience to their content choices to the advertising. Thinning up this week, um, thinning up this block of the video streaming block also on TheVerge.com. Everything that is coming to... Excuse me. Everything that's coming to Hulu, Amazon, Prime Video, and HBO now in May. Um, There's Game of Thrones... Um, so also coming to Hulu, there's a list here, a few here. I'm not going to go all the over, over all them, um, anger management, um, the landing major league, um, war games. Um, we're going to scroll down a little bit, um, coming to HBO now, uh, my dad, or, um, no, um, Veep, um, the May 19th game of game of Thrones season finale, um, let's go up down. So I'll have a link up in the show notes. Um, again, there's a lot here, uh, listed everything, all the movie, ti- all the titles and TV shows, et cetera, that you can um, check out again, including game of Thrones, which I imagine the ratings are going to be through the roof. And finally trending this week on GNCWIR first trending last week on Google trends and number one with one with, excuse me, 10 million plus searches, the super villain Thanos, on Twitter, not really trying this week, but speaking of the um, Game of Thrones, um, the episode Battle of Winterfell was the most tweeted episode in TV history with 7.8 million tweets. And finally, on YouTube, trending at number nine with 1.4 million views, the title of this video is Letting the Person in Front of Me Decide What I Want to Eat. The video is 24 minutes and 23 seconds long. It's pretty strange to watch that the guy is in a drive-thru and he's um, basically, it's the, just how the title says, it's wanting letting the person in front of him in, his, in a drive-thru decide what he wants to eat. So, <laughs> which begs the question, <laughs> begs the question, why shoot a video like this? But <laughs> I could be wrong. Um, you'd be a judge. You could that You can check it out for yourself. And that is the tech news of the week. This is for Friday, May 3rd, 2019. Thank you so much for tuning in for this week's episode. Love to hear from you. Um, got a comment, thoughts, want to say hi. I'd love to hear from the GNC WIR community at gncweekly.com forward slash connect. I'll be back for sure next week for another episode of GN, of the GNC Week in Review, po- week in review Podcast. Till then, I will talk to you all soon.